But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. I am Will Stone. I'm not Chase Caldwell. He is not Chase Caldwell. <laughs> <laughs> I've been planning that. So, 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 so who are you if you're not Chase I, Caldwell? I am Hayden Garland. Hayden Garland. Welcome to the show, Hayden. Good um, to be here. So, so Hayden is a, uh, a, a longtime friend of, of Chase and I's. Um, the, the three of us were all in the same fraternity uh, at A&M. We're all, all in AGR. So um, Hayden has been a big supporter of our our podcast since we launched. Um, we like to think of him as our uh, our target audience. So uh, any ideas we have, we always test them on him first. And uh, if, uh, if if he thinks it sounds good, then we usually go with it. So, um, but we're, we're definitely glad to glad to have you on today. Uh, with Chase being in Costa Rica, uh, he should be landing any moment now. But um, we're turning over a new leaf. We're trying to really stick to seven o'clock every Monday, every Wednesday, and, and get an episode off. So um, we definitely appreciate you stepping in. Yeah, like I said, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm uh, happy to help. I, you know, I've been listening to every episode since y'all started uh, last year. And, um, you know, I've, I always said it was a little funny not being able to, like, make fun of y'all whenever y'all were making jokes and y'all say something. I'm like, what's in? And uh, now here's my shot. So I get to rib you while, while we're doing it. Yeah, and even uh, – even bef- in the past few weeks, you've been in the in, in the comment section oh. <laughs> of the live videos. So. Well, that's that's been awesome because I've been able to actually, you know, share some jokes and just throw some comments at you just to yeah. just to see if I could get y'all to react or not. And some of them y'all ran with, and some y'all just like, yeah, whatever, like, yeah, ignore yeah. Well, me. <laughs> well, and you know us; it's hard for us to stay on task as it is. So, yeah. <laughs> if we can. If we can get through an episode in an hour, we, we, we call that a success. So Yeah, as, as much as Chase talks, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm expecting him to hop on here at some point during this this broadcast and, and just to, to hop in the comments on, on his drive home from the airport. But um, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, I should probably pull up comments while I'm, I'm saying that. All right. Um, well, before we get going today, we're going to talk offensive line. Um, if you are joining us we appreciate you uh we hope you uh will uh subscribe uh go like all of our our pages um subscribe on apple podcast spotify youtube all those all those good things um and so far we've done quarterback running back uh receiver tight end yeah we we did running backs and tight ends together and receivers was its own episode but um we're doing o-line today to wrap up offense and before we get to it um I wanted to give Hayden a topic he was uh, uh, more familiar with, <laughs> to, just to kind of get his his podcast uh, his podcast legs under him. So, um, Hayden, you're, you're you're a big fantasy football player. Um, yeah. You're in uh, you're in how many leagues? Uh, home league, work league, dynasty, college dynasty, friends. It's about five. Five ish, yeah. If we right. toss another one in there this year, that'll be six. Yeah. Well, we, we plan on doing that. So yeah, <laughs> just just add just add to it. But six, um, six it is. Yeah. So so who's one player that uh, is kind of on your radar this year? Is someone you might you might draft him ahead of their 
like ahead of their ADP, like someone that you don't want to leave your draft without? Um, I mean, for me, it's going to be Cortland Sutton. And uh, I'm really glad that uh, I don't think any of my friends listen to this. That way they can't snipe him from me. Uh, but pretty much every every mock draft that I've done so far, it's Cortland Sutton. Uh, yeah. I, I had him. I thought he was – I had I have him in my dynasty, so I've been following him closer than others. Mm. Uh, and he's been doing, you know, okay so far in the league. Uh, <laughs> admittedly, I picked him in dynasty, hoping that he would actually go somewhere else. Well, the Broncos decided to re-sign him <laughs> and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. I mean, they just re-signed everybody. And I, that got me a little discouraged. But then uh, they brought Russ in this year, and so I think uh, – I think with uh, Russell Wilson in, in Denver, I think that Cortland Sutton's uh, one of those guys that I'm just going to reach for a little bit uh, yeah. almost every every single time. Yeah. I've, I've been torn on that because, like, they do have those three guys um, that are probably all, you know, I think they're all draftable in, in fantasy, um, especially if they let Russ cook, which I bet they do. So um, I, I could see them all three putting up yards, but if – if Corlin ends up being his go-to target, you know his favorite target, then uh, that's definitely going to be a good pick. So, uh, oh, yeah. you, you, you sent me a, one of your mock drafts a while back, and I was, and it was pretty much all the players I liked. So I hope I don't draft next to you in our <laughs> league. Or you're going to be taking all my players. So. <laughs> um, uh, so, so yeah. So last thing before we get into offensive line talk, um, we typically don't do a lot of uh, recruiting updates like uh, when it's not signing day. Uh, but this was, was, was big enough and uh, is, is, it was impactful enough for us to, to touch on today. But um, over the weekend, a had its big pool party. Um, this is the, like the last kind of uh, event on the recruiting calendar until uh, the season starts. Like uh, you, can't, you can't really host um, officials or unofficials uh, throughout the next you know, few weeks until, until games start. So... This like everyone around the country, you know, Bama, Texas, A&M, Oklahoma, they all had their big weekends this weekend. Um, and if you go back to last season or last summer, uh, the pool party that year really set the tone for that number one uh, class. Uh, so um, it came in with a lot of hype this year. You know, we've uh, it's going to be a smaller class for A&M, so you probably won't see them repeat as number one overall. But uh, it still should be uh, a pretty a pretty highly rated class. Especially after this weekend, they signed or they uh, got a verbal commitment from uh, five-star linebacker Anthony Hill uh, from Denton Ryan. Um, and you know, when we talked about the class that signed, uh, you know, back in February, the number one class in the country, best class of all time via the you know the, the composite ranking, um, it was it was pretty loaded at every spot, and they took some good linebackers, um, but they didn't have like the best in the country type at that position. Um, and that's what they're getting in Anthony Hill. Um, he was, he was probably on their overall big board. He was probably number one, you know, at the very, very top, uh, their highest priority. So for them to lock him down, um, this early before the season starts and not have to, you know, get into a war, uh, late in the year, which, I mean, you know, I doubt Texas is going to quit calling him and, and stuff like that. So, um, but still, if you get a guy like him on board, you know, he can kind of be your, uh, your, your Pied Piper almost, and he will, you know, if if other kids are like, hey, you know, if Anthony's going there, that's going to draw in some other kids that were maybe on the fence. But um, I know you were looking uh, at the commitment list before we got on here, Hayden, but um, mm-hmm. there's a kid mm-hmm. from your neck of the woods that's, uh, that's committed A&M right now. 
Yeah, I saw a kid from Lagrange on there. Lagrange. Oh. So I I don't know their mascot. The leopards. The leopards. Mm-hmm. Okay, I should have I should have known that. I like that. It's like it's like Lorena, the the Lorena oh, leopards. Oh, that's that's a throwback <laughs> to the last episode. I wasn't paying attention there. You got yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I definitely I definitely didn't know the uh, the high school you went to. Um, it's, it's not. I always want to call it Fayetteville. It's not Fayetteville, is it? No, Fayetteville. It's, you know that you know their mascot though. No, that's the Lions. Okay, and you went to Round Top Carmine. I sure did. And y'all was were the, ah, we were the Cubs. Okay. I'm sorry to offend you. That's <laughs> all right. We didn't we didn't have a football team, so uh, you know right. it's uh, hard hard to know the mascot of a football team when you there is no football team. That's true. I think after a couple of years after I left, they uh, there was the Fayette County Panthers. I think us and Fayetteville actually combined to form a six man team. <laughs> oh, nice. I was not lucky enough to be a part of that, and I don't think we were any good, but uh, <laughs> you know they tried. They tried. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why they stopped playing. Uh, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty good way. guess. Yeah. It's a pretty good guess. Um, so you went back uh, before we sat down to record this to kind of prepare, and you listened to our show uh, last year about the offensive line. Yep. Um, any any takeaways from from that listen? I, I haven't listened to it since we recorded it, but <laughs> I do remember a few things that, that we touched on. But is, is there anything that you took away from that? Uh, the biggest thing I can remember is that uh, the offensive line is your baby, and I don't have to really say too much here. I'm going to just shut up and let you <laughs> let you run with it. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. I mean uh, the the big talking point was Kenyon Green. Uh, I I know that he was he was drafted. He was one of our one of our better players last year, and not I don't remember exactly where he was drafted, but he did leave the team for the league, and uh, we've got to find a find somebody to replace him. Yeah. No. Um... Uh, and, and that was expected, you know, like, uh, like Kenyon was a five-star coming out of, uh, Atascacita, um, like a top 10, 15 player in the country started day one. And, you know, after, after his, you know, definitely after his sophomore year, you're like, okay, this guy's here for one more year and he's going to be gone. But, um, I believe he went in the top 15 uh, to the Texans. I know, I know the Texans took him, but I, I'm trying to think of what, what spot it was. It was, it was like 13 or 15, um, I do know I was I was pissed off about it because uh, I had him penciled into the Cowboys for you know weeks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and all the mock drafts I looked at. I'm like, hey, like Kenyon falls to us, and we can take him and and solidify our O line. Um, but that did not happen, sadly. But um, he is gone. I, I am glad. I'm happy for him that you know he gets to go back to his hometown um, and, and play for the Texans. That's that's a pretty cool experience for him. Um, and, 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 you know, he's going to make a lot of money. So that's that's always great. But um, we do have an opening at left guard now. And um, honestly, when you look at the whole team, uh, left guard is one of those is one of, uh, of a very few spots going into into fall camp that is really, really it's going to be a heated battle. Like um, four of the five spots are, are pretty much locked up on the O-line. But but left guard, you know, there's. There's four guys you can you can that have a you know a, a case to make to, to to start there. So um, I think the betting favorite, uh, you know, if I were to guess today, is probably Jordan Moko. Um, he's a second year guy uh, from Australia. Um, his mascot was the Rhinos. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the only uh, Australian team that I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know he 
he redshirted last year. He got in, you know, action in, in a couple of games, but uh, I believe it was less than four. So he was able to keep his redshirt, but um, uh, dealt with some injury stuff, and now he's fully healthy. Um, just in terms of his raw gifts and abilities, you know, he's six five, three hundred thirty pounds, but um, just just super athletic. Um, uh, moves extremely well. Is, is very light on his feet for a guy that big. Um, and, and freakishly strong and, and aggressive as well. So um, I was I was bummed because you know he uh, like there were some guys banged up in the spring er, in the in spring practice and he he took pretty much all the reps at left guard with the ones um, and started out the spring game there and on the first drive he you know his ankle gets rolled up on and he uh, he, he still he still played but you know he, he was like he, he was not 100 percent whatsoever so um, you really just got to see one drive of him but. Um, he's, he's a guy that, you know, uh, he's, he's going to have, you know, a, a, a say so in that, in that left guard spot. The other guys, the guy that started last year in, in Akinola, uh, Ogumbi, um, or Aki, as we call him, um, he's, a what is he now? He's a third year guy, uh, from, from Fort Ben Kempner. Um, he's, he's kind of an interesting story. You know, he, uh, he was, he came from like a run first offense and he was like, you know, he was probably 330 pounds in high school, just kind of a, a road grading dude. And then he got to AM and dropped a lot of weight, you know, like, you know, cut some bad weight, but was, had struggled a bit to, you know, gain the good weight back and, and really bulk back up. So um, he started out at left guard last year. He, he played all right. Uh, he didn't play bad at all. Um, didn't play at a, you know, an all conference level or anything, but um I believe he got hurt like four games in, and uh, that's when the shuffling took place on the O line. You know, had to move Kenyon back. Um, I think Layden missed a couple of games, and you know, like the O line was just kind of a just kind of a mess uh, at the at the start of last year. So um, he's definitely a guy that, that can compete. Um, and then you have a guy like Blake Trainer. Uh, I feel like some people forget, but Blake Trainer started at left guard in the win over Alabama. Um, you know, like they. The, the coaches woke up that day, and um, I think Jameer Johnson, who was the starting left tackle, got suspended or something. Um, so they had to, you know, like he couldn't play in the game. They had to move Kenyon from left guard to left tackle, put in trainer at left guard, and play one of the best defensive lines in the country. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and they did pretty well. So, <laughs> uh, I heard they won that game. They did win that game. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was kind of a big deal. Um, but he – he brings a, a little bit different a different skill set for a guard. Uh, he's he's six foot seven, but he's but he's pretty heavy. Like he's like three hundred, you know, thirty three hundred forty pounds. Um, so he's got the weight to hold up inside. But with him being so tall, he's got those long arms that can really you know uh, help him engage defensive linemen uh, earlier than maybe a six foot five player can. Um, so like you know between those three guys and. Even some of the freshmen, like uh, Cam Dewberry, um, you know, he, he's a guard from the same. Or he's he's an offensive lineman from the same high school as Kenyon. He actually played uh, right tackle uh, Kenyon's senior year as a true freshman, um, and he's got the requisite size and strength, and you know, and, and know how to, to to be able to play a guard. Um, and there's also Mark Naboo. You know, he's he was a three star player, but uh, apparently the coaches love him. You know he's he's another big body, six five, three forty. Um, there's there's a lot of options. So um, I'll, I'll get to the rest of the spots, you know, here here shortly. But um, of of all the battles in camp, you know, it's 
it's quarterback, it's that third receiver. Um, I would say probably, you know, a spot in the defensive backfield, and then left guard is going to be as as highly contested as there is on, on the team. But um, you know, looking back at at last year, I know I was pretty high going in. That's probably a theme from that that episode uh, last yes. year. I was, you know, we lost four guys, right? But we still got Kenyon. And we got some young talent, yeah. Um, and we brought in Jameer Johnson, and uh, you know, I, I thought I thought the O line last year could have been, you know, a pretty good unit, you know, at least at least servable in most games. But um, from from what I know about about Jameer, you know, he, he transferred in from Tennessee, but you know. Um, I don't think he was ever healthy. And uh, I say that because, you know, he got picked up by the Packers, I think, as an undrafted free agent. And he was cut like a week later due to medicals. So um, just uh, it's just it's just stuff you don't know about. Like uh, you see a guy out there, you think like, well, he's not hurt. He's playing. But you, you never really know like what they're going through. Well, it's a bunch of off the field stuff. It really influences players that you you never see that, you know, it's it's. You see him play on the field, but if they're not, you know, they've got stuff going on at home or, you know, not non-football injuries, you know, that stuff that does take a toll on players. So, yeah. Yeah. When like uh, a, a defensive tackle for and McKinley Jackson, uh, he played the whole season with a torn labrum. Um, and I've torn my labrum and I could not have played <laughs> football with it. So, like that is some, that's some toughness that, that these, that these kids are showing. Um, and, uh, like yeah, they can get you know like they their their scholarship is paid for and they can make some nil money, but it's still not you know uh, it's still not what the pros make. It's not it's not millions of dollars, and uh, it's still you know it's a it's a it's a gladiator sport. You know there's there's a lot of pain involved and a lot of injury. So um, it's 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 it sucks that you know that injuries happen, but you know it 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 does you know make me proud to see the players who are tough enough or that, that are tough and want to you know, go out and compete anyway, even if they are hurt, they can play through it. But um, moving right along, uh, so left guard, it's not locked down. It's going to be a battle. The other four spots, I I love. I love them. Um, you know, at this time a year ago, I knew that we, you know, it's, I think four of the like four of the five guys are going to be from the class that we signed in 21, like this, this the, the previous signing class. Mm-hmm. Um, they took six guys. Um, and some, you know, some four stars, some three stars, you know, a mix of both. But um, four of the five stars are going to come from that group, most likely. Um, and at this point a year ago, we knew they'd be good. Eventually, we didn't know how soon. But uh, turns out Ruben Fathery and Bryce Foster were, were pretty good right away. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Bryce, Bryce played guard all through high school um, and then was not at AM in the spring. Uh, was banged up in fall camp and practiced for like a week and a half at center and has to go out and start, you know, against against Kent State and then Colorado and then, you know, or eventually Arkansas, you know, within the first month of really taking over center, you know, and it's a it's a complicated offense, you know, and the center kind of, uh, you know, helps the quarterback set the, like set the, the formations and things like that and set the calls. So um, I thought, you know, he had ups and downs early on, but um, – he he settled in and he played pretty well. So, I think I think Foster at center. I think he will you know improve this year and, and challenge for all conference. Um, uh, I think I think Ruben Father is probably 
a top five player on the team for me. Um, six foot eight, 330 pounds. Um, if you watched Alabama, uh, you know who you didn't see uh, was Will Anderson because <laughs> the best defensive player in the country was stonewalled by our, our true freshman right tackle all game and fathery. Um, it, it was it was impressive. Um, uh, and, and they don't just have Anderson. They've got other guys. And, and Ruben did fine against them, too. Um, and, you know, he's you know, he was a true freshman. He's been in the program for a year now, was a basketball player. Um in high school and never really got to to dedicate himself to a you know a weightlifting program um and now he has and now he's filled out that frame and uh i think you know he didn't make any preseason teams but he's a guy you could look up you know in four or five months from now and he's you know an all-american um and i was gonna make that point about kenyon too you know as good as kenyon was as a, as a junior and sophomore um he had a good freshman year but um like even, even as good as he was, he would still struggle in games as a freshman, and that's just to be expected. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, even it doesn't matter how talented you are, but um, you know he, he still had you know a few plays a game where he would you know get beat because he was you know 18 years old and he's playing against 22 year olds. So <laughs> that's just that's just part of it. So uh, having those two guys, you're older, you're wiser. Um, that's going to be a, a big big improvement. Yeah, you know, as a freshman, I mean, going up against those guys, one or two or even three years older than you, you know, you just went from playing these guys that were all smaller than you because yeah. you were the dude, and now all of a sudden everybody that you're going up against, they were the dude wherever they came from. But, again, they might have been the dude. They might even be the dude on their team. I mean, they have to yeah. be because they're they're the ones that are on the field that you're playing against. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be a tough role for a freshman. But, if it, you know, he stepped up and uh, – He's hopefully only going to improve from there. Yeah, and and both those guys, uh, I don't think either one was here in the spring of the the freshman year. So um, that's even less time they had in the weight room. Like it was really just, hey, get here in June. Um, You know, you live for a couple of months, you go through practice, and then, uh, hey guys, uh, we need y'all to play right now. (laughs) 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 Surprise, but. but that's another thing I didn't mention with uh, with Bryce. You know, um, in that episode we we did last summer, like we were still under, under the impression that Luke Matthews was going to start at center. Um, oh yeah, what happened there? Yeah. So uh, he had to medically retire. Um, he, uh, I don't know what I think it was. I'm not sure if it was a knee or what it was, but um, actually it was a shoulder is what it was. Um, he uh, he'd really been hurt for a couple of years in a row. Um, so like. Going into last season, we're like, hey, he's missed the last two with surgery. You know, maybe now he's fully healthy. I think he tried to give it a go, but just, you know, he, he, he couldn't uh, he couldn't manage it and had to ultimately hang him up, which is, you know, it's it's sad to see. Um, you know, he's the, the third Matthew brother um, after uh, after Jake and Luke – or, uh, sorry, after Jake and Mike, um, who've already played at A&M. So um, you, you hate to see that, but um, that's actually uh, – a point I'd like to make on, uh, I think, you know, because people see that, you know, A&M recruits at a high level. Why was the O-line, you know, poor at times last year? And uh, when you look back at Jimbo's, like, transition class, you know, like, so he gets hired and then signing day was in two weeks, like that like that class. Um, they signed four guys on the O-line, one transferred, three medically retired, like, no, there's none of them that actually 
were able to play meaningful downs at AM uh, for one, for one reason or another. So that that's a that's a huge you know issue, and like uh, they had to go out and take a transfer to even you know uh, even field a a, a a lineup that they even felt good about. So. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's just bad luck, but I feel like it's in a spot now to where, you know, there's enough guys, you know, en- en- enough young guys and older guys in the pipeline now to where that sh- there shouldn't be an issue going forward. I, I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, we've got nothing but three, four, five stars listed here. I mean, it seems like we've got a, a lot of talent there at the positions to be able to fill any holes that anybody's left behind. Yeah. And, and like I was you know saying earlier, there's, 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 there's four guys at left guard, um, that that's 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 a depth. <laughs> you know, like if uh, sure. if 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 one of those guys, you know, if he gets nicked or something, or uh, or or maybe you know he starts off the season well and starts to struggle, you know, there's other guys that are going to be working their tails off to, to take a spot. I think that the one thing I I do kind of worry about is is depth at tackle. Um, I, I I like Ruben. I mean I I. I I love Ruben. I think he's going to be a tremendous player. Uh, the other tackle spot is uh, is likely to be manned by Trey Zoon, who's another, uh, you know, an, uh, he's another second year player. Uh, when you hear Jimbo talk about him, you know, Jimbo says that uh, that he would have been able to to play more last year and, and maybe even start a left tackle last year. Um, but he, I think, he had torn his ACL uh, in his in his senior season of high school, um, so he was still trying to get back from that and wasn't able to go, but. He's a guy that coaches love. Um, so, you know, with 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 Jameer having to play last year, uh, being injured, I think left tackle is a spot that that, that could be an upgrade this year with uh, with Trey Zoon stepping in, um, and, and we need that. You know, we're going to have uh, uh, a young quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback taking over. Um, you need to have your two tackle spots, you know, uh, locked down and, um, and and be able to protect, but. Um, what starts to worry me is is the depth. You know, if, if one of those guys goes down, um, I don't really know what the the plan of action would be. I think they might they might trot Aki at, at one of those spots um, to because he's he, he is you know built more like a guard, but he's got the feet you know to play tackle in a pinch kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, you you hope it wouldn't be for too long. But um, if if you absolutely had to, uh, there may not be too too much of a drop off if you had to put him in there for a couple of games. Um, you just hope it's not Bama because uh, they they got some pass rushers. <laughs> yes, yes they do. Yeah, like uh, we talked about Will Anderson earlier. He's you know a projected top three pick in the draft. Um, I guess it depends on you know, who needs a quarterback, but um, <laughs> this 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 is a good uh, a good a good a good top here, but. Like, like, who is favored to have the number one next year? Is it, is it Houston or is it Jacksonville? I, I think it's Houston. I think their, I think their win line is like four and a half games right now. That's pretty yeah. rough. It's not good. Uh, yeah. That I'm trying to think, and I mean, Houston needs a quarterback. Right. They just took Kenyon. They want to beef up the O line a little bit more. They sure can, but uh, I don't think that they they'd go that route. Uh, Jacksonville could use some offensive linemen. Who else is out there? Detroit. 
Uh, they probably go quarterback. Actually, yeah. they might they might be okay this year. Well, Goff and them, Goff has they're saying Goff is in a uh, quarterback battle with somebody. Which I looked at their roster whenever I heard that, and I don't know any of the other names. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're going to need a quarterback if that's the case. <laughs> but I think people are a little bit higher on the on the Lions uh, than than what their their win total opened at. Yeah. I know that they that 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 line was bedded up just a little bit. So, yeah, and the, the Jags got Trevor, obviously. Um, you know, I think the Texans like Davis Mills, but I don't know if they want to. You know, obviously, if he if he struggles this year, they're probably in the market for uh, either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Well, they have. I mean they they have so little invested in him. Other, you know, he was a late round pick. Uh, they. They really don't have any money committed to him. So yeah, they can if they see somebody else, they can draft draft somebody or even trade for somebody with uh little no impact on their salary. Yeah. Uh what about the Seahawks? Uh yeah, that's like that's a that's that's a good bet to to be up there. I mean they've got Geno, but I don't know if that's gonna do anything for them. I'm trying to think of who like like who out of these teams is gonna take Will Anderson. Um and I bet it's, I bet it's the Jags, if they're, well, I don't know. They might take a old boy from Ohio State, the receiver, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, I don't know uh, Lawrence. You know he he struggled a little bit last year. I don't. I, I, that's why I think that they may need some, they may need some more guys. I mean Lawrence in college, you know, lit everybody up, and then he goes to Jacksonville and he's running around. He doesn't have any. Any accuracy seems always rushed. I mean, it seems like an offensive lineman is something that they need. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of, of, of commentators out there and, and college football analysts. Uh, and, you know, I, 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 would, I would include myself in this line of thinking that AM is really primed to, uh, like, they'll be good this year, but they're really going to break out and hit their stride in 2023 in next season and it's for a lot of different reasons but one big reason is you know the the entire offensive line should return the following season um with the exception of maybe one guy we haven't talked about him yet but um that guy's Layden robinson and and Layden robinson is uh one of my favorite players on the team um just like like last year when everyone's talking about like obviously Kenyon had a great year and Bryce and Ruben, you know, were both uh, very highly rated, doing good things as true freshmen. Um, I think one of the maybe the best guy was was Layton. Um, he, uh, you know, when you when you go back and, and and watch the games, like he's not giving up pressures. You know, he's he's you know playing against Alabama and uh, and 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 locking up their you know their interior guys. He's he's playing in, against Colorado with a sprained ankle. Um, you know, he can, he can barely move around, but he's, he's still so, he's still so damn strong. He can hold his own. So, um, he was, uh, I saw a mock draft. I think it was Mel Kuyper had him going at like 32, um, to, I guess, whoever he picked to win the Super Bowl. I forgot what team it was, but, um, it made me happy to, to see Layden actually get some recognition. And uh, I think he was, uh, he was either first or second team preseason all SEC, but, um, it's deserved. Like he's that he's that caliber of player, and um, you know he's 
he's the same age as Kenyon, but like he redshirted and you know, last year was his first year starting, returning starter this year, and you could you could see him leave. Um it, what I found with 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 guys and and you know who who declares and who comes back for another year, um, it's really tough to get someone to come back for that fifth year. You know, like um with with the like the three and done guys, you typically know who they are. It's gonna be your your Kenyon Greens, your DeMar Leals, um, your Devon A. Chains, most likely. Um, you know, those those premier, you know, players. Um, with your four year guys, you know, I think like a like a Justin Matabike, you know, he he started for two seasons uh, after red shirting. Um, you know, had it had a great, you know, had two, you know, pretty productive seasons for AM. Uh, and then, you know, it's, it was tough to get him to come back for that fifth season, you know. And I guess at that point, the guys have their degrees. You know, they're like, do I really want to do a grad program? You know, not really. I'm kind of done with school. I'd rather go, I'd rather go make money. Um, that's it's hard to fault them for that, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I would have gone back for a fifth year if I could have swung it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, uh, we're, we're, people take their super senior year just for another football season. And we're just watching. I mean. Okay, I'd love to go play for an extra year, but you know. Well, it's either you know fifth year with not much money, or you know you go to the NFL for you know a few million dollars. Well, sure. <laughs> I guess it's that, all uh, about the money. Things. Um, that's actually a good point from Pierce uh, here in the comments. Do you think NIL will be a bit easier, or do you think it will be a bit easier to hang on to guys for another year or so? Um, I think with some, you know, it'll definitely play a part. Um, you know, I, I think of a guy like like Devon A. Chain. Um, he said in an interview the other day with uh, with Texags um, that uh, he's like, "Yeah, I know I'm getting projected to go, you know, in the draft or whatever, but um, my mom really wants me to get my degree, and you know, like, I don't want to upset her." <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, but like the 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 good part of that is um, if he does come back. You know, he does have NIL opportunities. It's not just, you know, take out an insurance policy, hope you don't get hurt kind of thing. You know, you could actually make some cash. Uh, and, um, you know, if you do get hurt, you know, that would obviously that would suck. But um, you, know, you, you probably still end up getting drafted um, the following season or the following draft. But um, it does help. You know, I think it's it's a lot it's a lot better case to make like, hey, come back for another year. Make some, make a little bit of money, play for a championship, um, or you know, go to the draft and, and make, uh, I think, quite a bit more money than you than you probably would in NIL. Well, you got to take, you know, bringing baseball into it. I know this is not a baseball podcast, but uh, you know, a lot of guys get drafted out of uh, out of high school and say, okay, did I I I got drafted in the fourth fourth round by, you know, whatever team? Do I want to go play uh, play rookie ball and like work my way up and in maybe five years I, I get there or do I want to go play college and maybe increase my draft stock a little bit and go get drafted in the first, second, third round, you know, that signing bonus just increases a little bit. So if you stay that fifth year, you stay healthy, uh, you show all the NFL scouts, you know, what you're made of, you, you can make a little bit more money. Yeah. Have a better, have a better payday come, uh, come April. Well, and what I've noticed is on the, like, in the in the past like four or five years, the guys that come back on the really really good teams, uh, they come back if they don't win a championship. Like um, 
I think of that of of the of the Clemson team in twenty in twenty eighteen. You know, in twenty seventeen, the it was before Trevor got there. You know, they made the they made the playoff. They got smoked by Bama. They got shut out. They didn't score any points. Um, and they had three defensive linemen who could have gone to the draft. Two were definite first rounders: uh, Christian Wilkins and, and Cleveland Farrell. Um, but the two of them and a the third guy, Austin Bryant, uh, all came back for their senior years. Um, you know, that was before NIL was legal. Um, I, I, uh, I'm not going to, you know, point any fingers, but I, I don't think they came back for free just to win a title. Um, but that probably played a part, you know, and the same thing happened with, uh, I mean, like, like Travis Etienne went back. Um, I think they lost to, they lost to LSU and he could have gone pro and probably been a first rounder late or early second round, second round pick. Um, but he came back, you know, because he wanted to, to win a championship, or you know, for him it would have been a second championship. But um, and then all the guys at Bama, like all the guys at Bama, um, like Najee Harris, definitely should have gone. And um, I think of like Alex Leatherwood, um, Devontae Smith, like like yeah. Judy and Ruggs went, and then Smith came back, and well, and he won, he won a Heisman. You know, it worked out for him. But <laughs> you, know, you know, but if he had gone, he's still getting drafted in the first round. So. Um, I don't know, you know, uh, it's, it's different for different people, but I think if this is a, this is, you know, a prediction, if, if a has a really, really good year and like maybe makes the playoff and loses or maybe just misses the playoff, um, you could see some guys come back. I, like a guy like Layden Robinson, I could see a guy like him. He's like, man, like I've worked so hard. We came so close, you know, I really want a championship and we're, we're primed to do it next year. I'm just going to come back. You know, you know, I've got NIL. I can make a little bit of money, um, and then go pro the, the, the following year uh, and get a ring. So, um, you know, I think I think it benefits the you know the contenders. If, you know, for those coaches to be like, hey, like, you know, we didn't win it. We didn't win it this year, but if you come back next year, you know, that's going to be our year, and you can have a ring, and then you can go make your millions. You know how else you can make millions? The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. And with football season right around the corner, preseason win totals and Heisman odds are available to bet on right now. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Was that setting up for DraftKings? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was pretty good. Nice. Pretty good that man. was good. Hey, first, first time podcast host, Hayden Garland, just... Throwing up alley-oops on the DraftKings read. (laughs) 
Yeah, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read it off live, but I'm definitely gonna plug it in right after you you said that. So <laughs> that's gonna be good. Flawless. <laughs> hey, there's Chase. Just touched down from Costa Rica. Good to see. He, he's gonna take over now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Great transition, Hayden. <laughs> I'm glad he saw it. I was about to say uh if you didn't, if you didn't catch that, I was going to bring it back up. But um, so yeah, DraftKings. Uh, you know, if you're in a legal state, you should definitely, definitely go check them out. Um, I forgot what we were talking about now. Okay, yeah, about, about coming back. About coming back. So yeah, like like you could see, you could see a really, really good offensive line this season, and have everybody return the following year, and. Um, you know, I uh, I try to focus on this year because you know I'm an eternal optimist. I think every year, you know, like anything's possible. <laughs> you know, like this is our uh, year. When you have when you have this kind of talent, especially now, like like this is a talented team, super talented. Like uh, if if a few things break the right way, this team can 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 win a championship. Um, but I understand the reasoning. Like, hey, like next year we're we're loaded. You know, like like we're you know. Packed to the gills with talent, with experienced talent, probably a returning quarterback, um, and no Bryce Young or Will Anderson at, at Alabama. Um, I think one, one of the one of the final points I'll make, you know, and you know, this is this is our show, so we can just goof off for a bit. But the the, the last the last point I'll make is, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word um, gun shy. Don't get gun shy. I mean, hyping up the O line because I hyped it up last year and things didn't work out at the beginning. <laughs> there were some uh, extenuating circumstances, and you know, like like two of the guys that we projected into the starting five um, had big time medical issues that we didn't really know about. Um, you had to start two true freshmen who weren't here in the spring. Um, you had to move Kenyon around all over the place, and then you know uh, that's not good for him. You know, he needs to. You know, he, he needed to, he needed to settle into a spot, and once he did, he played really well. Um, and then Layden got hurt and missed a few games, and then Aki got hurt and missed you know eight games of the season. So um, I think you know I, I try to not blame things on on injury, but I think the injury bug bit us last year a lot more than normal. Like if you, I think it I think it it, it regresses back to the mean this year with you know an average number of injuries not as bad as it was last year. Um, but I, I say all that to say, when I look around at the other offensive lines uh, in the country, you know, this is kind of my, like, my shtick. Like, I love, you know, O-line play, and I, whenever I watch a team, I'm watching their O-line. Um, there's maybe one or two O-lines I would take over ours. Um, I think, I, you know, Ohio State is uh, – is, is loaded like like they're if you watch Ohio State play their offensive line is huge like they're all like six 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 seven and like three hundred forty pounds like they're 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 big dudes um, and some of those guys are, are big time drop uh, draft prospects um, and the other one's Georgia uh, who lost I think a couple of guys but they um, they bring back some some really good talent uh, I know Cedric Van Pran was a guy that you know AM looked at um, he's like an all SEC type uh, Broderick Jones is a, a first round projected first round pick for next year. But after that, like I, I would take Ireland over Alabama's to, to be quite honest. Um, 
I think Bam was a little suspect at tackle. And, um, you know, like even even Arkansas, like Arkansas has a really good O-line, but I, I think, you know, I think those guys are just really experienced and like they they know the system really well and they 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 do their jobs well, but they're not like physically overpowering. Um, I think this line that Anum has this year can be physically overpowering. Like you've got uh, across the board, like your your lightest guy is three twenty. Um, I don't know about you know. I, I, sh- I should go look up what Ohio State's got and see what their average is because <laughs> they're they're probably pretty close. But like you know, this unit averages like six five, three hundred. 30 plus pounds. And um, I brought it up before, but Steve Adazio, you know, he's like, and no offense to Josh Henson, but like his, his, you know, philosophy is a lot more, you know, kind of like, uh, like, like, like mauling, like, like, uh, like road grading type run blocking. Um, and that suits this group really, really well. And uh, we know Jimbo wants to run the ball and um, he's got the horses to do it. And he's got the backs to do it. Um on top of all that, you know, I think if if AM is to beat Alabama this year, I know they've got twelve games and they're all important and you know there's gonna be, you know, other other tough opponents, but um I think if 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 we have to if 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 we are gonna win that game, you've got to block their edge guys. They've got we talked about Will Anderson, they they've got a second year guy named Dallas Turner who's really damn good. Like uh you look at him and he looks he looks skinny. I bet he only weighs two thirty. But, you know, dude is like six, five, long armed and like deceptively strong for how for how big he looks. Um, I think he had like eight sacks last year and he barely played, you know, like he's getting in against Georgia and like LSU and just like just tearing people up. Like it was it was it was a sight. It was a sight to see. But I think we have the horses to to hang with those guys and to keep our quarterback clean. Um, And if we can do that, you know. I think we've seen what Jimbo did last year, you know, uh, with, with Calzada having time, you know, Anais had a huge day. Uh, Jalen Weidemeyer had a huge day. Um, a chain was getting open, like passing to the backs, you know, is a big, uh, is a big way they attacked Alabama last year. Um, this, this unit can do it, you know, and they've got, they've got five games to get ready. You know, they've got two games to get ready for Miami. You know, that's going to be a big test. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, but, um, we have a question from Chase. Uh, I'll uh, let me see if I can put that on the screen here. There we go. Do you expect us to see to see stylistic differences in our blocking scheme from years past? Um, yes, I do. Um, I think I think with 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 Henson, um, you know, he's he's a lot more from the uh, the air raid tree, um, and it's not it's not a bad philosophy at all. Like when um, <laughs> this is a, a bad memory for Aggie fans, but when Henson was at Missouri, um, they played AM and uh, at Kyle Field in 2014, and they ran for like 300 yards in one quarter. Uh, it, it was it was bad, um, and obviously, like you know, that 2020 AM line was, was was spectacular. You know, like we've always ran the ball really well, but I think I think what, what you get from Adazio from a, a, a scheme standpoint. It's just a lot more uh, uh, aggression. It's a lot more, you know, like downhill, like uh, like double teams. Like, hey, Ruben and Layden, you're going to double team this guy, and you're going to put him into the, into the linebacker's lap, um, and and take out you know those two guys, and then you know like uh, 
you know, Moko or Aki, like you're going to pull around and, and crush this defensive end. Um, and uh, with, with, with Henson, you know, it was a lot more, a lot more zone, like kind of not really moving guys off the ball, a lot more of, Hey, like get on your guy and like take him where he wants to go. And then like, you know, just make sure that your back is turned towards the gap we're running to. So um, I think, I think, you know, you see a lot more, you know, physicality up front and um, I, I'm, I'm pumped to see it. Like uh, it's, it's, it's something that I love to watch is, you know, just a big physical offensive line, you know, like setting the tone of the line of scrimmage and, and resetting the line of scrimmage. You know, whenever you, whenever you watch the ball snap, you're watching the, the, the lines. And when you see our guys push the other team's guys back, a couple yards <laughs> like that, that, that that's how you know that uh the, the the coaching is um is is on point and these guys are uh are, are blocking their asses off um so yeah I, I do think it's different and I'm, I'm i'm fired up to see it where did uh, he's you know adazio's new this year where did uh i guess i mean tell me where he came from guys you know? guys being dudes <laughs> That's <laughs> if anyone's unfamiliar, he's he's the the source of that soundbite. <laughs> um, so he he uh, that's a good question, Hayden. Um, he had a Jonas really really to learn. <laughs> so so Adazio was the O line coach at Florida under Urban Meyer, um, and they had great O lines. Obviously, you know, uh, with Tim Tebow and in uh, those kind of teams. Um, also, a really really good recruiter. You know, as an online coach, and he did something you don't really see. Like you saw Sam Pittman do it uh, here recently, but Adazio went from being O line coach at an SEC team at a really good SEC team, straight to being a head coach, like without having to be a coordinator in between. Um, so he went straight from O line coach at Florida to head coach at Boston College, um, and I went back and uh, and actually watched a lot of the game uh, from 2013 when. Uh, Adazio was the head coach at Boston College, you know, and Jimbo's at Florida State. Obviously, the year they won the title, um, and Adazio's line was was giving them problems. <laughs> like, like they were running the ball, and like that's a like a lot of those guys played in the NFL. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like like Tim Jernigan, uh, Eddie Goldman, um, uh, Mario Williams, like big, like big defensive linemen that were were big time NFL players, um, and like Adazio's scheme, like uh, like they, I think. I think Jimbo said that they gave up more rushing yards to Boston College than anybody else that year. Um, you might say, like, well, if he's so great, then why did he get get fired? <laughs> well, it is still Boston College, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's it is tough to uh, recruit, you know, at, at a certain level. And uh, I don't think he ever had like a really bad year. Like, I think they were typically like six and six, or maybe like uh, I'm not. I think that may have been their worst year was six and six, which. Um, I mean, I don't know how how much you can ask for when you're at Boston College, but um, so he he ended up getting let go there. I think around uh, I think in 2020 or maybe 19. I forget where he coached the COVID year, but uh, last season he went from there to being the head coach at um, at uh, Colorado State, which wasn't really a good fit, and um, they they weren't like. Uh, that great last year and they were like yeah i think we're gonna move on and uh, and try something else so um i think for those reasons like it's a stupid reason but like some a&m fans will you know look at that and be like well this guy got fired like what do we really want him on our staff like 
as an O-line coach, hell yeah, you want him. Like, like Jimbo's the head coach. <laughs> like, Jimbo's still the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Like, he's still calling the plays. But you get a guy like Adazio who has a fire for coaching O-line. And, uh, you know, if you um, if you watch the practice videos, he's definitely one of the voices you can – you can make out of the crowd, <laughs> um, so so definitely watch for that on, on Wednesday when the, when the when the videos start coming out. But um, I, I think it's a great hire. Um, he, he's he's getting up there in age. I think he's probably like uh, I think I read that he's sixty one or sixty. Um, he's recruiting quite well. Uh, we we had a commitment last week from a, a four star offensive lineman, and they've already got one committed. So um, he's doing well there. You know, I think. He could be a guy where he's like, hey, you know, I've, I've been a head coach for a long time and, you know, I kind of want to retire doing this. I mean, this is it's a pretty good gig, you know, for, for him to be be 61 and coaching a line at a, at a top five program. Couldn't ask for much more, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Sounds like my, it's like my kind of job. But, <laughs> yeah, and like Alante said, like being fired will make you hungry sometimes. Like, um, you know, like these, these coaches work so hard and, you know, Things things don't always go the way they plan or or work out the way they intended, but you know uh, they're like hunting dogs. Like all they want to do is coach. Like a, a, a hunting dog wants to hunt, a coach wants to coach, and um, you know something like that could be a motivator. Like uh, especially after not doing it for a long time, you know, like if you're a head coach and dealing with all the the crap you have to deal with as a head coach, and then you get to take a uh, it's, it's almost a cushy job to be the o-line coach at a&m to where like everything is set up that you could ask for <laughs> like you've got you know the best facilities and the best this and that and like uh you're like hey man like i can just get back to coaching football instead of having to worry about you know running an entire program i can just yeah. you know coach my position like i want to do so um i think i think it's a great fit and I'm, I'm i'm excited to watch his unit this year well he's got a good one to work with yeah absolutely um, you know, and that's, um, last thing before we get out of here, um, this has been a great show by the way, Hayden, I appreciate you stepping in, but, um, when, when Fisher left Florida state, um, the O-line was in a really bad position. Like uh, they, they're just now recovering from it, uh, to be honest. Um, so I think people were kind of worried about that. Like, you know, well, first of all, he didn't bring his O-line coach over with him. So that's probably the first indication, like, um, hey, this wasn't working out. Um, but he's he's remedied that issue here. You know, like um, the first few classes, like obviously he, he signed Kenyon and Layden in that first class. They were hits. You know, um, he had the bad luck with the guys that all had to, you know, had to medically retire. And the one transfer in, the, in, the, in, his, in his 18 class. Um, but he's built it back up now to where – like I said before, there's a lot of young guys and a lot of talent, you know, even even past the starters who, you know, should something happen to a starter, you've got good players behind them. Um, there's one guy I'll mention who, uh, who's kind of an unsung hero is Matthew Wyckoff. Um, he's another member of that, 20, of that 21 uh, signing class on the O-line. It took like six guys or seven guys on the O-line. It was a tremendous class. Um, but he's, he's the backup center. And he's really damn good. Like in the spring, uh, Bryce Foster throws shot put. He doesn't go through spring practice. So like Wyckoff is getting all the snaps with the ones and uh, doing a great job. So if should something happen to Bryce, you know, you've got a really, really good player in the wings that can, you know, step up and, and, and take charge there. Um, 
you know, I mentioned we got four guys, five guys fighting for a guard spot. Um, you know, if if Layden gets nicked or if, you know, the starter at left guard gets nicked, um, you've got guys there that can come in. Um, tackle is a little bit more iffy. Um, the, the last guy I'll mention before we get out of here, uh, he's more of a long-term upside kind of play. But that's uh, Demetrius Crownover. He's the brother of uh, running back Ernest Crownover. Um, I think we hit on him in the spring. You know, he uh, officially changed positions. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. He changed positions in the spring from uh, from tight end to uh, offensive tackle. Um, he came in at like six five, you know, two eighty five. We're like, he may not be a tight end long term. <laughs> he might be better suited for uh, for offensive tackle. And um, you look at him now, and he looks. Like if you had to build an offensive tackle in a lab, he would look like Demetrius Crownover. And, you know, now he's six seven, uh, three hundred pounds, and uh, long arms, quick feet. Um, he's still got some filling out to do. Um, so if you if you had to play him this year, I don't think it'd be bad. But um, you look up in you know in two years, you know if if uh, if Ruben goes to the NFL early, which you know I would I would probably bet on at this point. Um, you know, maybe, uh, and maybe even Zune as well. Like Zune is you know, going to start for the next two years, and who knows what his prospects look like. But you know, in twenty twenty four, when you lose those guys, you're going to have a guy like Crownover who's, you know, in his fourth year in the program, uh, and and filled out and, and ready to, to to take over. So, um, you add that in with all the guys they already have, the guys they brought in in the most recent class, the guys they're going to sign in this class. Um, it's 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 in a really good spot for the future, and um, that means you know it means great things for A and M. You know, I said it on the show last year. You you can have a uh, you, you can't have a great team with the battle line. Like you can have like you can have an average O line and be pretty good, but if you have a good O line, it makes a night and day difference. You know, like um, uh, I think I brought up Patrick Mahomes in, in last year's episode. You know best quarterback in the world uh running for his life in the super bowl because they couldn't block uh they couldn't block tampa bay and you know uh he he did the best he could but yeah at a, at a, at a certain point it's just uh it's just not doable yeah, i mean you think about all the, all those good teams you don't have to have a great running back you don't have to have a great quarterback but if you have a average quarterback or an average running back but a great offensive line you can really do something with that because you give an average quarterback time to see the field and make a play or you open up a gap for a running back. Yeah. I mean, you have to have that offensive line. It's the, yeah. it's where the battles are won. Yeah. I mean, look back at our, our most successful years in, in the past, you know, past decade, past 15 years, even, um, you know, 2012 with Johnny and then 2020, you know, uh, the year they won the orange ball, the COVID year, um, tremendous O lines, like the, as good as Johnny was, like that line had three first rounders on it, <laughs> and it had three first rounders, a fourth rounder, and and Patrick Lewis, who was like uh, co MVP of the of the team that year. So like um, Johnny had all day to throw, and then um, obviously in twenty twenty, you know they were a, a finalist for uh, the Joe Moore Award, which is the which goes to the top of the line in the country. Um, I think through the first eight games, Kellen got sacked like one time. <laughs> there was some like crazy stat about that. Um, so like, it's 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 pretty clear that like you have to be good at that spot. You can't you at least you can't be bad and, and have a and have a good team or expect to win a championship. Um, and when you're great at that spot, that's the 
the years that you can win it all. So, um, yeah, I know, you know, uh, I had you guys fired up last year that we were going to be good on the O-line. You know, things had to move around a little bit. You had to plug some new guys in. Um, I'm I'm twice as confident as I was last year. So um, it remains to be seen. I, if I'm wrong, I'll come back here and say it. <laughs> you know, we're we're, we're, we're going to find out pretty quickly uh, if, if the O-line can play. But um, I'm looking forward to it, uh, and I'm looking forward to football. Uh, players report tomorrow. Um, practice starts on Wednesday. There's a preseason game on Thursday. <laughs> the, Hall, the Hall of Fame game, the Raiders and the Jags. Is that right? That one I couldn't tell you. <laughs> You're my NFL guy. I thought you'd know that. But. Uh, no, it's preseason. I don't start, you know, uh, just see who gets hurt and pay yeah. attention after that. That's about yeah. it. Well, I, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it. So <laughs> well, it's right. going to be uh, – it's going to be the first uh, first football on television of the season. But um, Hayden, I appreciate you coming on. Have you got any uh, any parting thoughts for the for the listeners? Uh, no, I mean it's been fun. Uh, it flew by uh, a lot faster than I thought it was going to. Honestly, uh, you know, you asked me to do this. So I guess it was last Wednesday, and uh, it's been on my mind since then. I've had a few jokes that I wanted to get in there before I, you know, before I left the. The uh, old, I'm not Chase Caldwell. I've been sitting on that one for a while, and uh, I was like, "How do how do I give these guys a good ad read?" And uh, I got I got them in. So I, yeah, I, if I did my job uh, with those two, and you know, should we still got a few viewers here? So I, I think I've kept people entertained, or maybe they're just listening to you, or maybe they're laughing at me. I don't know, but uh, yeah, you know, it's um, been it's been a good little uh, good little Monday evening. Hey, it's it's pretty easy to fill out an hour, isn't it? Yeah, I had no idea. It was like the first, the first couple went by, and I was like, "Shoot, we only we only took a couple of minutes away." And then all of a sudden, you get going, and you just go back and forth, and you start looking looking up this stuff, and it's like, "Hang on, I thought I thought this and that." And yeah. then I, a couple times, I found myself getting a little lost here, like, like, "Oh shoot, I'm participating in this. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in this production. I <laughs> I need to contribute." Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, I knew that this was going to be one of those things where you you uh, you have infinite knowledge on our offensive line. Meanwhile, uh, I'm the guy that you know wherever that ball is, that's what I'm watching. You know, <laughs> running back, uh, wide receivers, what are they doing? Whereas, you know, like I said, you're watching the trenches, and that's you know, yeah, I, not not coming from a school with football. Some of the more intricate details are they're lost on me. Just wherever yeah. the ball goes, I, that I, that I can follow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you did a great job for someone who uh, who's not a, an O line aficionado. But um, I appreciate it. Um, and you know, you know, like like having someone to fill in for Chase or for or fill in for myself. You know, whenever life happens, um, so we can stay on schedule. Uh, it's good to know we can we we can always count on you. But um, yeah. I do want to read out uh, Chase's last comment here. He says um, he's at the airport right now. If, if you're if you're still listening, but. Um, he said, "If if our offensive line moves as fluid as a uh, as DFW's custom line is right now, we're going to win the ship." <laughs> <laughs> Which that's good, you know. Um, I feel like that's usually not the most efficient uh, uh, thing in the world <laughs> is, is being at the airport. Uh, it's usually quite inefficient. So uh, that's good. That's good, man. I'm, I'm I'm glad Chase, you're getting you're getting in and out of there, and uh, you'll be back home to the dogs uh, before too long. But um, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. 
uh, Chase. It'd be good to have you back. Um, we were talking defensive line, and as excited as I am about the offensive line, um, we could go a legit two hours on the defensive line. <laughs> there are there are so many guys, and even after losing four guys last year, it's it's still loaded. So um, I'm I'm fired up for that. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we're definitely going to have that. We may have some some sound bites from from Jimbo. I think he's uh, talking to the media either tomorrow or Wednesday. So um, we'll have that. We'll have our five minutes of practice footage of uh, of uh, our guys stretching. Um, we can yeah, we can definitely break that down. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, appreciate you, Hayden, uh, for for hopping in on, on a Monday night, and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>